Hi there, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. The title of today's episode is Hope for Hard Times, Episode 6, Christian Love in the Last Days. This is the episode for Sunday, August 13, 2023. If you're a regular listener of This Week in the Word, you're probably wondering, am I drunk or what? (laughs) No, I'm very sober. But I went to the dentist for some needed work this week, and uh, man, the inside of my mouth is really beaten up. I am so sorry. But the episodes must go on, right? Heather Riggleman is a Christian and a writer. She was involved in a serious car accident, and she wrote this. I heard the sound of cars in my driveway and dreaded this moment. I didn't want anyone else taking care of me. I didn't want to be a burden, but after a terrible car accident, my friends were coming over to help me shower They wash the glass, blood, and vomit from my hair, and I was embarrassed at first. But as the morning progressed, being clean felt so good. And as a bonus, they stocked the fridge with meals and ensured I had everything I needed since I couldn't get out of bed. This is what love in action looks like. You know, several years ago, when I lived in the Atlanta area, I had a similar episode myself. For a a brief period of time, I suffered from bouts of vertigo. And if you've ever had it, you know how awful it is. But if you haven't ever had it, as I had never had it until this started several years ago for a brief time. But it feels like the world is trying to sling you off of the face of the earth into outer space. It is completely debilitating to where you only want to lay down on the floor and hold on. It's an inner ear issue. It's terrible. Well, in my driving across Atlanta, I had that happen again, and I knew what was going on, so I had to pull over to the side of the road, but this time, the vertigo was accompanied with uh, more of an ocular migraine and an intense nausea. I remember the migraine part. I guess I had that, because I did not feel good. And I was very nauseated, and you know what happens when you get really nauseated. It was awful. And on my feeble cell phone, I called my wife, and I could barely communicate, and I just said, I I need your help. And I, to the best of my ability, described where I was. And you know what my wife and my oldest daughter did? They stopped everything they may have been doing at that time, and they drove about 30, maybe even 40 miles across Atlanta to where I was, stranded on the side of the road in my old beat-up 
Jeep Cherokee in stifling heat. I smelled terrible and it was really bad. But do you know what they did? They got me out of the Jeep. They got me into the clean van they came over in and I, I hated that. I must have been just a, I was a wreck. And they drove me to seek medical attention. I've never forgotten that. That was one of the most devastating days I've ever personally experienced. And yet I felt so much love from my wife and my oldest daughter. Jesus said in John 13, verses 34 and 35, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Now the love Jesus spoke of here was agape love, a sacrificial love. And that's what Heather Riggleman's friends expressed to her and what my wife and oldest daughter expressed for me in a very difficult time. Dr. Francis Schaeffer, a world-renowned Christian writer and apologist or defender of the Christian faith, called this kind of love that Jesus spoke about here, he called this the final apologetic. This is the final defense and the final answer to doubters of Christianity because this is a supernatural love that flows to Christians from the Lord, but it flows through Christians to one another and to a lost world. And the world has no explanation for that kind of love, except it's just like Jesus. Amen. I heard about a woman who married a, a very difficult man to be married to. And her life was a, a life of lists and things that she had to do every day exactly the same way. And there was, there was no deviation from it. It was like living with a drill instructor. And he never showed uh, gratitude for what was done. And, you know, she just knuckled under and, and did all this, but with a lot of hurt and anger and resentment and hatred in her heart. Eventually, thankfully, this man died and the woman was now free to marry again. And so after living with this guy for 25 years and beginning to hate every minute of it, she, she had a new opportunity to marry, although she thought she never would, but she did marry. And she enjoyed serving her new husband because he was very caring and loving. He, he made virtually no demands. There was not a like a, a list of expectations she had to live up to every day or else. And one day she stumbled on that list of things she had to do for her previous husband who had passed away. And she just about laughed out loud when she realized <laughs> that everything that he demanded that she do and she resented, she was already doing all of that anyway. 
with love in her heart for her new husband and didn't resent it at all. What an amazing change. And the change was that she just looked at it differently because she was operating, you know, in a, in a new kind of actual love. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's supposed to be a true story, allegedly. So let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. And we're only going to look at 22, 23, you guessed it, 24 and 25 to finish 1 Peter chapter 1 today. Now remember, the overall title of this series in 1 and 2 Peter is Hope for Hard Times. You know, Christians around the world right now are going through very difficult times, and we can already see the what's trending in America for Christians here. Now, compared to what's going on in the world, it's, you know, comparatively nothing at this point, but we can see where it's going. It's going the same place like it is all over the world right now. We, we see that. So until the rapture happens or each of our personal deaths, one or the other, whichever comes first, until that time, we can expect life to become more and more difficult. And that's why First Peter is written and, uh, and that's what we've been zeroing in on. We've been understanding that in chapter 1. So, in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, we start in verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. All right, let's stop there. Let's look at what we've just been told here. And this is what we've just been told to do is not automatic. It's not just going to happen anyway because we're Christians. You know why I could say that? If it was automatic and it was going to happen anyway, it wouldn't be commanded. This is commanded. That's the, the idea here of the Greek. We are ordered to do this. Seeing ye have purified your souls. That is, when we became saved for the first time in our lives, we were made clean. Amen. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit, this is only happened, by the way, by the Holy Spirit. Only He can born us again with new life in Christ and make us clean, right? Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth, and that word obeying, we saw it last week, that is to listen up under. So we, we listen up under to God our Father as obedient children, trying to understand what he wants us to do, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. So we've obeyed the truth of the gospel, that is, we were brought under conviction by the Holy Spirit. We placed our full faith and trust 
in the Lord Jesus Christ, crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected again on the third day. He's ascended to heaven, and he's coming back. That's the Jesus we believe in. Amen. Since all of this has happened, we are to, we are to be and do something. So we've, we, we uh, have purified our souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned. That means not fake, not insincere. It's very true and sincere love. That word there is where we get our word Philadelphia from, a brotherly love, like a, like a natural love that a brother and sister born into a family or brothers and sisters in a family have for one another because they have the same parents and they're in the same home, that idea. So there's a family love absolutely among Christians. You know, you can travel anywhere in the world and if you're if you pay attention, you can begin to realize when you're near people that some of them know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's happened many times as I've gone in various places uh, here in the United States. I haven't traveled much outside except to Germany, but but when I'm around other believers, I I I know it. I sense it because there's a there's a difference there. So we have unfeigned Philadelphia of the brethren, that, that normal love that you would expect when you're in the same family. He says here, see that ye love one another. That's a different word. That's the Greek word agape. That's God's kind of love, a sacrificial love that at its own expense and to its own detriment, if necessary, does what is best and right for the one who is the object of that love. So he says here, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. That word fervently is like you you just stretch out to the nth degree to be used by the Lord to love other Christians. You know what? Here's the truth. Say, well, I think about that. Well, you don't get to decide. You just get to do it. The, if you're a real Christian, this is your duty. It is my duty as true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, love in the Bible sense that we're talking about right here is it's a verb. It's not an adjective. What do I mean by that? Maybe you're not an English major. Well, I'm not either. So what we mean is, it's not love in the Christian view and experience is not an emotion. It is an action that you choose to do. An act of service or a word of encouragement, you know, fill in the blank. But you may or may not have warm, fuzzy feelings for that other Christian. Hopefully you do, but even if you don't, you're going to do the right thing to promote their good and what's best for them. So let's read 22 and 23 together. Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth 
through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. This logos, this word, this communication from God is, it just can't be stopped. It can't be destroyed. It's never going away. It is for all time. It is beyond time. If there's ever a time when there's no time, God's word will still be true. This is the this is the seed, the word of God by which we've been born again. And this is a powerful statement. We are not born again because we quote made a decision for Jesus or quote uh, decided to join the church, especially if that's what you're thinking it is. I mean, if you're truly born again, you will want to be a part of a group of believers, but a lot of people join a church and they're never even saved. They don't belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. But anyway, I digress. So we're born again by the word of God, the logos of God. Now, look at verse 24. We're reminded here something very important about life in general as contrasted with the word of God. For all, he's quoting Isaiah chapter 40 here, I think it's verses six and eight. For all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now the the word for word here in verse 25 changes in the Greek. It's the Greek word rhema, or some people say rhema. But the rhema of the Lord endureth forever. This is some have said that this means God's, God's special word to you. I don't know if that's really in the idea of the Greek or not, but, it, but anyway, he uses the other word for word, rhema or rhema, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. God's word is never going to die. It's never going out of style. It's always gonna be here and it's always going to be true. That's the word, that's the seed by which we believed the gospel. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached. That word preached is uh, evangelized. We've been good news. (laughs) Which by the gospel is preached unto you. So I want you to think about something. A big part of hope for the hard times is Christian love in the last days. You remember that the Lord Jesus Christ told us what I believe we're we're seeing before our very eyes, and it's only the start. It'll get worse and worse. 
But he said that there will come a time when when love will grow, of the many will grow cold. That real love would be a, a very unusual thing because everybody's going to be in life. They're going to be in it for what they can get out of it, not what they can give to others and bless others with. But part of hope for hard times is Christian love in the last days. And if you're thinking right now, well, I sure hope that's true. I sure hope it works out that way. Hey, stop thinking like that. All of the all of the gospels based on the word of God, and it is true. You don't have to hope it's going to turn out that way. There will always be, no matter how hard times get, true Christian love among true Christians in the last days. And that's part of having hope for hard times. Because when we get into difficult situations in families, in schools, in workplaces, in the community, maybe even trouble with the governments that we live around and under, it's going to matter a lot that during those hard times, there is still sacrificial, God-like Christian love in the last days. Let me put it this way. Let's say that where you live around the world and, and maybe even eventually in America, let's just say that, let's say if you live in America, that Christianity became so unpopular legally that one day, the government had had enough of you and you were disappeared. Do you know what that means? Think of the old Soviet Union. It probably still happens in Russia if you think the wrong thing, but it definitely happened in the old Soviet Union. And it happens right now in China, and just about anywhere else that totalitarians rule a country either through a political system or a religion. When you become irritating enough to the people in charge who have no intention of changing, they just disappear you. It can be a knock on the door at three in the morning, you're hustled out of your house, and no one ever hears from you ever again. That's being disappeared. Maybe you end up in prison. No one even knows where you are. Or maybe you never even make it to prison and no one knows where your body is. Say, well, Pastor Ed, you don't really think that could happen in America. I don't have any reason to think it couldn't. Evil people have been the same throughout history. And listen to me clearly. We are ruled by evil people. Does that mean everyone in government is evil? It's starting to look like that. No, I'm sure there are many good people still in government. But the the overarching uh, disposition and attitude and trend in America is evil is on the march. Could that change? Sure. Do I think it's going to? No. I think we're heading for the last days. We're on the probably in the very initial <laughs> days of the last days. I don't see it changing. Could God change it? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
But our eyes need to be wide open on the Lord Jesus Christ and realizing what we're looking at in the world. But it's okay because we go through anything we go through with him and with each other. So anyway, my point I was going to make is let's say that you were disappeared. Isn't it good to know that Christians who really love the Lord would take care of your family, make sure they were fed and taken care of, your children, for example? That's where Christian love in the last days is part, a big part of hope for hard times. Listen, I hope the rapture happens before this podcast is over, and it could. But I don't know when it's going to happen, and you don't either. It is a great thing to know that part of the hope for hard times is Christian love that we express to one another in the last days, and that is a blessing to our hearts. All right, maybe you're listening and you're thinking, I don't know this kind of love. Where? How can I know more about it? Well, love has a name and his name is Jesus. <laughs> That's who it is. It's not so much a, like a thing, it's a person, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. When you come to know him personally, you will know love unlike anything you've ever experienced in your entire life because it will be true, genuine love. To learn more, I want you to call this phone number. Now, it's not me, but it is a Christian ministry who can help you know more about the Lord Jesus Christ. 888-388-2683. Or you can go to a website where, uh, where I go to church at this church, www.bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. Let's spell it out, www.bellevue.org as in Victor, U-E dot O-R-G forward slash J-E-S-U-S, www.bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. There is information there, and you can get free literature to help you grow in your Christian life. Well, as I've often said over the last six months or so, and I'm not joking, I sort of am, but sort of not, sort of am, but sort of not, and sort of am. If the Lord doesn't come first, or I don't die my personal death in my sleep, or Satan the deep state or the World Economic Forum don't double tap me, then I'll be back next week with episode seven of Hope for Hard Times. I want to ask you to do something right now. I want you to like this episode, follow the podcast, and share it with someone where you are, where you're listening right now. Thank you so much. And if I'm still here, I'll be back next week. Bye-bye.